This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, people? Glad you could join us on another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown with Al Borges. So we've had technical difficulties, a lot of them today. But I am pleased to let you know that we have figured most of them out. Al Borges will be joining us, he says, in about 10 to 15 minutes as he has had to work through some things. I didn't want to leave you guys delayed any longer and keep you waiting for the the breakdown that is to come. Uh, A lot of questions that Al Borges is going to answer based on what was a fantastic game. I promise to be more calm than I was in the breakdown after the contest, after Michigan put it on Ohio State again and put it on in a different way. It was closer. Uh, So it was progress. It was progress for the Buckeyes. I give them credit for making progress over the last couple of years, right? I mean, you know, you made it within six points. So I said after the game, maybe maybe having the signs made a little bit of a difference, right? Not having the signs, not having the coach, right? Not having your linebacker coach, all those things made it a little more achievable, a little more attainable for Ryan Day, but not quite. A couple of things to pass along to you before we get started. So Devin Gardner is going to be having a, uh, they got the man his own bus. You think I'm joking. They literally got Devin Gardner his own bus. So DG will have a DG bus tour going to the Big Ten championship game. You heard me right. Golden Limo. You know, those, those luxury motor coaches that, take the players from, you know, to the airport, you know, bust them to East Lansing. Hell, I think they were they were going to bust to the Big Ten Championship game or Columbus, what have you. It's always on Golden, on the Golden Limo buses. They're luxury motor coaches. Well, DG decided he didn't want to drive to the Big Ten Championship. Well, how can I get to the Big Ten Championship? Well, maybe I get on a uh, a golden limo. I was like, oh, limo's like, well, just to drive, DG. Well, you get a bus, DG. DG said, okay, I can get a bus, and I can get some people to go with me. So the DG bus tour was born that way, because DG doesn't want to drive down there. So he said, you know what? I'll get on one of these luxury motor coaches, and I'll take 30-plus of my Michigan friends with me. So the DG bus tour leaves the state of Michigan, leaves Ann Arbor, Probably 8 in the morning. They guarantee a noon uh, arrival, so probably maybe a little before noon. The details you can find on goldenlimo.com. But Devin said he's going to take it a step farther. He said that I'm also going to bring a grease board with me. And I'm going to take that grease board, and I'm going to break plays down on the bus. I'm going to be answering questions just like I do in the Q&As on the Monday morning quarterback. I'm going to answer questions on the bus. Hey, if people want to take pictures, I'm going to take pictures on the bus. If they just let me get a couple hours of sleep or at least an hour of sleep going down and coming back, I give the people the rest of my time. So if you want to get on the bus with DG, go to goldenlimo.com, get you down there at noon. That means you have the day 
to experience Indianapolis. And trust me when I say, Michigan fans, take the place. The, the, the town becomes Ann Arbor South. I am telling you, we've been there the last two years. It has been unbelievable how Michigan fans have taken over the, the Circle City. It is, it is so much fun. So you get there around noon. That means you are there in plenty of time for our Key Bank Countdown to Kickoff pregame show, live from the Slippery Noodle. And you need to get there early because the line is literally around the corner by the time you get an hour before showtime. First time we ever felt like superstars, right? <laughs> the line is literally around the corner. So get you there in plenty of time for that. You want to come, come hang out with us pregame? Plenty of other things to do in downtown Indianapolis. Of course, you make it over to the game at Lucas Oil. Everything is walking distance that night. You watch the game. You watch a Michigan victory. You get back on that Golden Limo bus. It brings you back up here, and DG is talking to you the whole way because one thing that man can do is talk. I think we know that, right? So all you DG fans, all you Michigan fans, you want to make it easy, you want to make it fun, get on the DG bus, right? The DG bus, you can find out more about it. It's only 35 seats. So, again, go to goldenlimo.com. If you're interested, it'll be an absolute blast. Want to put that on your radar to go ahead and uh, and get signed up. Another thing I want to put on your radar, they extended the Cyber Monday deal on 24-7 Sports network-wide. So if you missed the 75% off, get in now. Because when I tell you now is the time you want to be in there, signing days around the corner, there's some recruiting things kind of heating up. You had some big-time visitors on campus last week, some that are thinking about flipping their decisions, right? Some new guys kind of emerging. You got that, too. And then you got a transfer portal set to open up in the not-too-distant future. And I just have the sneaking suspicion, call it a gut feeling, that there's going to be some interesting activity coming up when it comes to the transfer portal. So, folks, if you haven't gotten on board, over on the MichiganInsider.com, what are you waiting for? Now is the time. 75% 75% off, it doesn't get, it, there's no better deal. And for you full-paying subscribers, your full-paying members, don't worry. You have your perk, too. It's called Paramount Plus. See, the promo people can't get Paramount Plus as part of their subscription. You can. So be sure to activate it. Use it. A lot of great shows over on Paramount Plus. If you aren't watching them, 1923 and Special Ops and all the other shows they have going on there, you're missing out. Take advantage of that great perk. One of the things I know we're going to talk about as we get into this game, because I had to ask old Borges, we just watched a J.J. McCarthy performance that still isn't getting enough credit for how good it was because the numbers aren't gaudy, but the plays were timely. And in those timely plays were a couple that were truly special. But the one, the one special play that I want to focus on today. I'm going to have Boyd just talk me through it because I'm still not quite understanding some of the breakdowns for it after the game. There, The throw to Roman Wilson, the throw that all these confused Buckeyes. I, I, I just, I mean, the, the lack of IQ collectively among Buckeye fans is staggering. I, I have, just have no idea how these people, uh, the, the, the cognition or lack thereof is so apparent. How... Do they do anything on a day-to-day basis? I have no clue. But for some reason, they've convinced themselves 
that this play, that Roman Wilson, this great catch and finish, wasn't a touchdown and it was an interception. Even their DB coach. Now some things are starting to become more evident. Now I understand why there was so much coaching malpractice on the field last year when DBs didn't know where to run, where to be, getting run by, vacating the whole half the field, have no clue what they're doing. Now, if you look at that game plan and this game plan, it was the polar opposite, diametrically opposed to what they did last year where they were reckless. They were reckless in the game plan. I remember asking Borges and asking Vance. I said, hey, do you guys, you think they do what, try to do what Illinois did? And they both looked at me like I was crazy. Looked at me like I asked him a stupid question. Like, you obviously have never coached, Sam. I know I've never coached Vance. I know I've never coached Al. They said, but no coach would do that, Sam. You're asking me a dumb question. What coach plays one way the whole season, watches what another team does, and says, oh, now I'm going to do that because it works? Ohio State's. That's exactly what Ohio State did last year. I can't, you can't make this up, right? So they go in there and get bombed, get bombed out of there, right? That left the scar because they came in this game, and when I say the the conservatism was, it, it was immense. I mean, they hung back like you wouldn't believe. Michigan was not going to get any big plays in this game. You understand that? They were not going to give up a big play in this game by virtue of the way they play. It was virtually 4-2 cover four the whole game. That's how they play. Keep everything in front of us. We were rallied to the football. They are not going to get behind us in this contest. Right? So, given that, how are you going to – we're going to make you be methodical, Michigan. We're going to make you move the ball up and down the football field. And we're going to make you throw in the tight windows, J.J. McCarthy. So, the throw he – made to Roman Wilson was special. Now, Dan Mullen, former Mississippi State coach, former Florida coach, took to the breakdown. He's, he's doing a breakdown after the game of college football finals. And he looks at the play. And I'm, we'll get into this on in the telestration. I'm going to ask Al. We haven't done the telestration yet. I'm going to ask Al about it. There's a robber on the play, right? Robber's safety. He's He's robbing anything that that comes across in his vicinity. He's robbing the area. He's eyeing J.J. McCarthy. J.J. tries to look him off, as Dan Mullen explains. He tries to look him off. The robber doesn't move. He's watching J.J. Pressure comes off the left side. Ladarius kind of gets beat. I mean, there, there's some – you got a linebacker up in the B-gap. He occupies Trevor Keegan, and now that leaves Ladarius Henderson by himself and I think it was JT Tuimoloau. Excuse me, JT, for messing up your name. I, I give you more respect than I give Ryan Day. Right? So he's coming off the edge, and he beats Ladarius. Now, at this point, he moves JJ. JJ, as Al explained to me, said, you know, Sam, this, this little move is a name for it, Sam. It's called a front out. I said, okay, Al, I'll take that. Little front out, that move, it moves the robber. And J.J. throws the ball over his shoulder. Now, Dan Mullen contends that that robber made a mistake. That that robber, if he just keeps looking at J.J., he would be there to pick off the football. But I'm thinking to myself, I said, self, if he's a robber, what the hell is he robbing if he's not looking to see what's coming in his vicinity? Because that's what he did. He looked to, to the side to see the guy who turned out to be Roman, 
coming in his area and said, oh, shoot. But he didn't say shoot. He said, I got to turn around and get in this window. And J.J. saw it and made an unbelievable dime of a throw to get it there. Listen, folks, sometimes it's not about the other team making a mistake. Because I'm going to say something that's novel for me. Ohio State did a good job. Ohio State did a great job on that play. There were no busted assignments on that play. It was actually a great defensive call on that play. Every player in Ohio State's defense on that play did an awesome job. And J.J. McCarthy was just better. He just made a great play. And sometimes when a dude makes a great play, it doesn't matter what you do, especially when that guy is the quarterback. And I happen to see one Mr. Al Boy just showing up in the room. So let's get Al on the screen so we can start breaking this down. And I see you smiling in the background. Like Sam, a- you were I'm explaining the crash route with the robber, and you, you did a great job. Nobody realizes on that play, the key to the play was a linebacker walking up and pulling the left guard's block up so that Ladarius was one-on-one, which looked like the bad news and turned out to be the good news. Great job, Sam. I just caught the end of that. That was impressive. <laughs> Al, I'm happy to see you, man. I, that's another thing that I don't always say, but I, I must admit. It oh, was I'm, I'm happy to see you today. See, because they said no, no cheering in the press box. No, they I'll stopped Al from bear hugging me. He was <laughs> like, damn, gosh darn it. Except he didn't say gosh darn it. No, I didn't say gosh darn it. And no, that, and you're not supposed to cheer in the press And we were good. We were good. We, we were good. When it was over. And, that, and Moore picked that ball off. I did. Well, they did it again. This is so exciting for all. You know, I was there. We we beat him once, lost to him twice. Watched our boss go through his pain. I don't know, man. It's just it's so nice to see that there's it's it's cyclical, you know. And we, and I say we. I don't coach in Michigan anymore, but I still feel part of it. Uh, to watch this happen is just the coolest thing in the world. Watching the Buckeyes walk up that tunnel with their tail between their legs. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I love it, Sam. I just do. I don't know why, but I do. It's terrible. It's, it's the devil in me. I'll tell you that. I just I is. thought it was impossible for them to try to come up with more excuses. Yeah, here we sit now. It's unbelievable. But you know what? We're here to separate the wheat from the chaff, to give the people the information. So when they go to the water cooler, Water cooler. And, and maybe they're at the water cooler with some Buckeyes oh, or some yeah. people partial to Buckeyes. Yeah. They have the ammunition to shoot them down, Al Borges. So, Damn, they got brought down. Hey, let's dispel a few myths, okay? Let's, in this session, let's, let's do a few deals because I've heard all the narratives. I've been listening to some of the Ohio State stations too, Sam. And, you know, I, I just want to make it clear, okay? Number one, this game was about the fourth quarter. What was last year's game about, Sam? The fourth quarter. The fourth quarter. What was the year before that game about? <laughs> fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, okay? Not that it's, the stuff that happens at the end is important, don't get me wrong, but all those games were still in the balance in the fourth quarter, Sam, okay? Now, uh, there's got to be something. And, and, again, if you're at Ohio State, you got to think about this, and this is not making light of Ohio State at all, but so you keep getting beat in the fourth quarter. And I learned as a young coach that has to do with toughness, mental, physical toughness, conditioning, 
or mindset. And I tend to think now, because it's happened, it happened twice before, right? And now the third time, there is a tendency, whether you like it or not, to think, here we go again. Here we go again. And it did it happen. I remember playing baseball in high school. I used to face the same pitcher. He'd get two strikes on me and go, oh, God, here we go again. He's going to strike me out. And, and he usually did because my mindset sucked, right? He's a good pitcher. Well, that's a, a ridiculous analogy, but it is in part relevant, okay? Because I think um, – I think Ohio, I told you this. I think Ohio State's got tougher. I do. I just don't think they're tougher than Michigan. I think Michigan is a tougher – defensively anyway – I think they've they've toughened their team up some, but Michigan is just mentally and physically tougher in the clutch, and that's been proven three years in a row. So uh, I think uh, you realize, Sam, that 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 Michigan won this football game, running one outside run the entire game. I guess I didn't realize that one outside run. Every ball was between the tackles. Now that's a statement, right? That's a statement where, you know, but, uh, and I don't know if this is even relevant, but I, I broke down the OSU offense this morning. I was so curious. I got all their grades. I'm gonna, I'll go on their show and talk to somebody. But uh, the bulk of theirs were, out, were all stretch plays. Now, now that's, those, that's a hell of a play. I love the stretch play. But it, it is not as physical as running duos and running inserts and those types of things. So whether that matters or not, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. But that is interesting. Okay, let's dispel some myths, Sam. Some myths. Number one, three three for 12 on third down. Oh, God, that's so good. Three for – come on now. Come on now. Three different times Michigan converted – or Michigan put the ball in position for a fourth and one on third down and converted on all three. Is three for 12 really all that good? Because if they don't put them within a yard, they're probably going to punt. Then do it. Every single time – that happened. Really, the truth be told, they're six for 12. Six for 12. Maybe not necessarily third down, but that set of downs was not a successful set of downs for the defense. Say what you want. That's a myth. The three for 12 is a good stat because it's not a good stat. Had they held them where they had to punt, that would have been a good stat. Okay. Uh, so, J.J. McCarthy started the game with two bad balls. Threw a bad route on the on a quick out. We remember that one. And then threw the ball behind Donovan on the bubble. That was it. After that, J.J. McCarthy played excellent. I had him with an A grade. I'm telling you that before. I thought J.J. McCarthy played better in this game than I've seen him play all year. Because he did the things he had to do and didn't run the ball, Sam, other than a few scrambles. No design runs. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. But after that, uh, he hit... uh, on, the, on play 11, he had a little exit spacing route. Boom, little pitch and catch throw, simple enough. Turn around and hit Loveland on a trap pass where he came over the middle. They bit big time, 16-yard gain there. Uh, scrambled on a multiple crossing route. And then they got the wedge play on fourth and one. Remember that, Sam? Fourth and one. They'd already run a wedge for a first down earlier. I'm betting that they were saving this play for Ohio State. They pulled the wedge out. Boom, flipped the ball in the flat for a seven-yard gain, moved the chains. And then uh, before you know it, it was third down and 10. And the play you just talked about, the little crash route with a little whip smash, boom, against the robber. He threaded it in there. And on third down and 10, they were do a 22-yard touchdown pass. That's when he got rolling now. Now he got rolling. Uh, Not a lot of big runs. Not a lot of big runs. But they came at him. J.J., his jaunts, his jaunts, 
his scrambles slash scramble runs, like I call them his jaunts. He had 41 yards. He had a scramble throw for 19 yards. He had a scramble run for 15 yards that put him fourth and one, only to convert. And then he had a scramble for five. Uh, that's the one that put him fourth and one. I'm sorry, jump the gun. That's the one. You know, it's interesting, Sam, because we talked about this a ton last year, how flamboyant Ohio State was defensively going into last year's game when they hadn't really shown all that much coming into the game. Now, they had some of the stuff, but it wasn't tapped like it was in that game. This game, OSU ran one pressure out on the field until the last three plays of the game, last three plays of the last drive when they had to get the ball back, four minutes. Then they, then they pressured three snaps in a row. Other than that, one pressure. Uh, he threw into a blitz three times the whole game, three times, okay? Um, and that's how the game ended. And then they played 26 snaps of cover four. They played uh, 18 snaps of cover one with either a rat player or a guy spying JJ to see if uh, if he was going to scramble, okay? They played three sna- or six snaps of cover three and one snap of cover two. That was their plan, okay? That little five across deal that they do, the old uh, Big 12 deal, remember we talked about that? Not one time did it show up. Mm-hmm. It, did, it did not show up in this game. Uh, they ran seven insert zones at them they, for 37 yards. They ran a counterplay five times for 25 yards, ran the duo five times for 24 yards in the open zone, three times for 13 yards. Not, not gaudy rushing statistics, but just enough to keep the ball. Keep the ball extend the drives, not let them have the ball, and and be efficient with the run game, if not if not, uh, gaudy statistics, okay? Passing game included only 12 drop-back passes in the game, three play-action passes, two nakeds, and one gadget that I'm guessing that halfback pass, Sam, I bet that was in the locker waiting. We, wait, well, hold on, hold on. I seem to remember us being on this show talking about Donovan being an X factor in this game and throwing a pass. And I, throwing I a pass. Oh my God, Sam! We had a crystal ball. A crystal ball for goodness sakes. We knew, we knew, I, we knew that was coming up somewhere. Okay, and I we hadn't seen that all year. Right, right. We hadn't seen that all year. So that was in the locker. That was just waiting in the locker. Sam, pull that out of the locker. You know, you got a brand new, uh, clean pair of socks. Save it for a big game. They pulled that out. Uh, and a very timely call, I might add. He scrambled four times. He got sacked once. He threw one screen. He threw four shots in the game. Okay? There were no designed quarterback runs. Evidence was what, Sam? What told us they weren't? <laughs> orgy, orgy, orgy was in the game. Came the game. And we said, as soon as he went, came in the game. We said, now, why would he be doing something right. we JJ know could. J.J. could do? Now, if it was Kyle McCord, that'd be understandable, right? He, he, he ran through a car wash. He drowned. But they put Orgy in there just to save uh, J.J. from having to run. So that that was telling. So uh, all told, it was more the same. It was a little closer this year. Ohio State's making progress. But at the end of the day, after watching both sides of the ball, okay, uh, and I watch the offense this morning, and I just didn't just watch it. I graded it all. How their right tackle do? How their left tackle do? I didn't look much at our defense other than what they did against them, but I didn't chart our defenses. I just looked at how they performed, and Michigan clearly outperformed Ohio State. 
and in my opinion, by more than six points. And now the purists are there. We'll come back at you with some stats. Well, they outgained him. He had more first downs. That and a nickel will get you a cup of coffee, Sam, because that don't mean a damn thing, okay? It's like three for 12 on third down bragging about that statistics. It's not relevant. It's not relevant. So the only matters is, is what the score is at the end of the game. But I really felt like Michigan outplayed Ohio State uh, in, in a lot of different phases. Ohio State threatened because they hit a few big plays. But that aside, I believe uh, that, that that Michigan Michigan outplayed them now. Uh, and they had some nice they, – they did not have big runs, but they had a, a trap pass and hit for 16. They had a stick route and hit for 21. They had a crash whip for the touchdown. We talked about that. They threw the half-pack pass for 34 yards. Everybody was saying they haven't given up a pass for over 30 yards all year. They haven't played Michigan yet, Okay. They're playing better matchups. And in this game, stuff's going to happen that hasn't happened all year on both sides. They hit a wide delay on second and nine for an 18-yard game. So they made it happen when it had to happen, okay? And that, and I think that's the key to winning these big games. So a couple of things kind of jump out at me. First of all, I got to give you credit because you know, I'll never, will never think like a coach, but we, I'm getting you closer though, Sam. Yeah, you start to get us. You start to get us familiar with it. So we can be familiar with how coaches think without knowing how coaches think. So, to me, the moment where that was really evident in this game, because we you don't sit next to me every game, but the ones that you do, I like to pick your brain to see what you're thinking. Like, what are you thinking they're gonna do right here? So when they go to the line on that fourth and one, the second fourth and one wedge. You said they're going to run something off the wedge here. I'm thinking to myself, how the hell do you – it looks the same. Like, like, how the hell do you know they're about to run something off the wedge here? And I'd be damned if they didn't run something off the wedge there. So what did you see in that moment to let you know, first of all, right, a lot of trust was... from Sharon Moore, very gutsy by Sharon Moore, and it paid off. But what did you see? It was a great call. And this is no intuitive genius on my part by any means. But they have 12 weeks – or. 10 weeks, 11 weeks, I'm sorry, of wedge plays out of that formation. Pull the formation in, everybody step inside, hand the ball to the back, jump over the top or mush up in there for one. They got 11 weeks of that play, Sam, successful weeks, because that play has seldom been stopped, okay? They get it the first, fourth, and one. What do they do? They run a wedge. And I'm just thinking to myself, time to change up. Let's see. We know what they're going to do. As soon as we pull the formation in, it's fourth and one. It will not take a wide-angle lens to take a picture of the defense because they will all be in there, okay? It's time now to change pace. And what they'd shown in the past off their wedge, wedge pass, is, and this is probably last year more than this year, is they would slip someone into the flat, fake the wedge, Actually, what Michigan did is blocked everybody to the right, okay? They blocked one gap right, faked the wedge play, and just slipped somebody in the flat. You know, uh, uh, Ohio State didn't do a bad job. They actually kind of saw it, but they saw it too late, and he threw a perfect ball, picked up seven yards, and moved the chains. But it's just something. It's none of those plays. It's in the locker. Let's use it in the big game. Let's use it in the big game. And they timed it out perfect. They timed a lot of stuff out perfect on defense, too, not just offense, because I watched the other side. They timed out a few blitzes and a few coverages where Ohio State was swimming uphill. Okay, let's just say that. Well, the other thing that sticks out to me is I remember saying before the game, you know, this would be 
this will be a game where we'll see JJ run. Now, how much will we see him run? And I was talking about it from the standpoint of the run game. Because he has been a big key to their ability to run the football successfully. Right? When they were really rolling, it was JJ in a central component of it. And that wasn't present in this game. You talked about them running Alex Orgy. There's no way, there's no way that in that situation, in this game, if J.J. McCarthy is healthy, they don't have him running a QB counter. I, I don't think there's any question. There's just no, there's no, no way. Now, I'll tell you one spot where I didn't call it, okay, because uh, I love to think I'm perfect, but I'm not. I would have swore on that last drive when it was fourth down, they were going to throw caution to the wind and run him on some type of plus one or pull a ball off his own read or a dual read, and they didn't. They didn't do that. But I, I was thinking they were going to do that just because it was such a crucial time. So, J.J. McCarthy, I was thinking to myself at the time, it's like, wait, J.J. scored a touchdown on the QB counter last year. Like, there's no, there's no way. So I told you right there, they are not going to run him on any design runs. If he runs, it's going to be improv, like he did on that, that yeah. key series. And, you know, after Ohio State goes down and scores a touchdown, J.J. scrambles for, what, 19 yards on the play? It's like, man, he he's going to muster it when he needs it, but it's not going to be something that Sharon adds to. And this is – so Sharon is coaching with his arm behind his back. He doesn't have his head coach. He doesn't have his quarterback at 100%. No problem. Which is, which is a huge, huge deal, right? And so how do you – and you don't – you aren't necessarily running it, like you ran it last year, you got to figure some things out. And here he is out coaching Ryan Day. Out coaching Ryan Day. And I said this to you, and I need you to get, get with me on the coaching theory here. Because here you had a guy or have a guy in Ryan Day who takes the helm at Ohio State. And the guy who did it before you was big time. Now, I might not be an Urban Meyer fan. I might think that he gets a little reckless with how he talks about Michigan compared to how he talks about Ohio State. But the dude is a legit coach, right? Mm -hmm. I might think he's a bit of a front runner when when it comes to picking the places like Florida, who was stacked. They had Chris Lee when he got there. Ron Mm -hmm. Sook had loaded that roster with talent. Just like Ohio State had loaded the roster Mm -hmm. with talent, right? But he went and he coached them better than the dudes he took over for. So Mm -hmm. I give him that. He had a blueprint for how to do it how to do it at Ohio State. And this dude came in and said, I can do it better. I'm going to have a pro style. I'm going to throw it all around. We're going to have an NFL quarterback. And he did. Mission accomplished. Dwayne Haskins, NFL quarterback. Al, C.J. Stroud, killing it in the NFL right now. He has NFL quarterbacks. What he doesn't have, once it became fully his team, is Big Ten championships. Because what happened? Now, Michigan is more physical. Now, Michigan is, so, is showing you. Now, you, you come in here and you finesse them up. Now, you aren't just going to be able to throw it around on us all over the yard. Now, you're going to have to match our physicality some. Mm-hmm. And he's tried to do it last year and got bum-rushed down in Columbus, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the memo was sent in 21. So now... Remember, they started in 22 talking about we got to be more physical. 
They said it. They said it. They it came to fu- come to find out wasn't really real. Then you get into this year, Al, and he has no choice because he doesn't have the same kind of quarterback. He has no choice but to try to commit to being a little more physical. And you said he, and you said yeah, you give them their more physical. Al, Kim Kardashian is more faithful. I mean, it's all relative. No, it's they're physical enough to beat Purdue, and they're yeah, physical. Yeah, enough I to mean, beat let's, let's, let's but, stop but, here. Because when push comes to shove and you get in a game against the Michigan, can you come in here and dictate? Can you come in here and dictate? And the answer is no. For a series, you did. But for a game, you didn't. But here is where I say the identity crisis really showed up. And this is where I want you to chime in, play call. Because now, everything that you've been up to this point, you want to be. You want to throw it around the yard. Now is when it should be on the table. Because Michigan's number one corner, Al, is off the field. Mm. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, swe- I- I'm sweating. That was the most nervous that was that guy. Yeah, And I'm was... thinking they're going to go to him. And Al, I mean, I'm thinking they're going to throw it to him every down. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And this, is, this strikes me as a guy who has no clue who he is. Because in the moment where now you're supposed to do it, now you're supposed mm-hmm. to throw it up to him every play. And they're not doing it. You got to explain to me how that doesn't happen if you're right there. How you don't say, that's my matchup. I'm going to force it to him 20 times if I have to because that is what's going to win us this game. Yeah, and I I understand what you're saying. I think what Ryan Day wants to be, Sam, is not Urban Meyer, okay? That I'm certain of, okay? Otherwise, he would never play Kyle McCord at quarterback. No way, Urban is going to run the quarterback in every crucial situation. He'll tell you that. I've heard him say it. We're going to run the quarterback. You aren't running Kyle McCord in a crucial situation because if he raced a pregnant woman, he'd come in third. He is not fast. He is not mobile, okay? He has got to beat you with his arm. That's a guy that Urban would never, ever play with. I've never seen a quarterback like him play for Urban, okay? So – the next thing, too, is he wants to play under center some. And I can't remember, and I'm sure they had it. Don't get me wrong. I can't remember a handful of plays where Urban put the quarterback under center. Everything with Urban was zone reading and, and things of that nature, you know, bubble screens, all that. The, the Ohio State receivers do not block. Do not block and will not block. I just graded them. They're not going to do it. So what's going to happen now is you can't do some of those things that Urban Meyer wanted to do. So he is, what they did is they, they've had a, a conversion. He may even stole a few concepts from Urban, but he is so far from what they do. Now, is that bad? Not necessarily. If you can win with it and you can stay physical, good. But I think there's been some drop-off. I think there's been some drop-off. Sam, you establish your physicality not when you show up Saturday night. You establish your physicality in practice, okay? Now, particularly early practices, because as you practice more, you try and taper that a little bit because you want to keep your kids healthy. But you can't just show up Saturday and expect it. You can't talk. We're going to, oh, we're going to be more physical. We're going to do that. that. And I'm not saying he does that. I don't know if he does or not, but I'm just telling you that doesn't work. I was on a staff like that where it was verbiage, but it wasn't real. It wasn't people working tripod drills and having to bang double teams and, and tackling occasionally in practice. Oh my God, we can't practice tackling. We're going to get hurt. No, there's a time when you do do that. There's a time when you don't anymore. 
But that is how you get tough. It isn't lip service. It's making the players do it, sometimes when they don't really want to do it. So I think the best way to encapsulate Ryan is he is really, to me, the antithesis of Urban Meyer. He has chose to do it the way he wants to do it. God bless him, because every head coach really wants his own identity. But I think in the process, something's been lost. Now, how much? Uh, Well, three years of getting your butt beat is probably the first indication that something has drastically changed. And uh, I don't know. I think that's the best way for me to explain it. Yeah. I don't know if I did a good job. Yeah, if you have questions for Al, start getting them in the chat. We'll talk a little bit about Iowa first, Al, and I'm sure there are plenty of questions about Ohio State that we'll get to. But listen, uh, one thing we know about these these Hawkeyes, even without Cooper DeGene, they're going to play some defense. Phil, Phil Parker is a hell of a coach. Mm, hell yes. of a coach. Like he's, he's up for the Royals Award, and I think it should be – I think it should be Sharon Moore. Who, can, who has done a better job coaching this year than Sharon Moore, given the circumstances? And Michigan's still undefeated. He had to beat Penn State and Ohio State. Stop mm. it. There is There should be no other coach that is within – I don't know how many votes. They, should, they shouldn't be close. But if another coach gets it, I would say Phil Parker. It should be Phil Parker. You're doggone right. Yeah, on another I year, have back, Al. Man. Yeah, on, on another year, Sam, where the demands weren't as great on, on, on Sharon, it would be Phil Parker. But because of what the, the hats that he was forced to wear, and on the spur of the moment sometimes, okay, and that, that he came through in the biggest games of the season, I don't know, man. It's tough not to, you know, not to recognize that with the highest honor you can have as an assistant coach. But you're right. If it isn't Sharon, it sure as hell ought to be Phil. But I tend to think it should be Sharon. So break down their, their defense, Al. I mean, you know, it's not, they, don't, they don't vary a whole lot, but they are very sound. Uh, very yeah. sound. As well a coach football team as you'll play the entire season, without question. I was lucky because when I was here – I worked with Jerry Montgomery, who was our D-line coach our first year, and Jerry really knew the Iowa defense. He had played in it. And when we played him, I was, you know, I was asking him a million questions. Jerry knew the coverages too. He was he was a D-line coach, but he actually knew the coverage. They don't they're, they're, not, they're never going to be a great pass rush team because they don't play that way. Okay. But they will be as gap sound, as gap sound, as understand uh their coverages. They will understand their coverage. They will seldom put themselves out of position. They know which arm should be free. They know when they got inside technique. They know when they got outside technique. They're seldom going to get reached or hooked. They just play sound football, period. Now, the thing about it, and what happened to them a year ago, okay, because they play the same defense, okay, and incidentally, Phil is a little bit more extravagant, a little bit more than Norm Parker was, God rest his soul, another fabulous football coach, okay, Uh Phil will actually he'll he'll mix it up a little bit. He'll he'll blitz you some. It's not like and he will drop safeties down occasionally. Won't sit in that quarter quarter half like 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 they did in the past all the time. He still does it, but not all the time. So he's a little bit more creative. But uh, what happens to him is because they are in split safety looks a lot, you know, uh, or quarter quarter half looks. The safeties aren't always down in the box. And last year Michigan muscled them some and force those those back-end guys to play. So they start rolling safeties up after a while and, and didn't do it anymore. But uh, but that was – that's they do that, but it's not really their culture, you know, but they have it in their, their, their defense, and they'll know what to do. I promise you that. They will know what to do. 
But Michigan muscled them last year, and, and uh, that was really the telltale difference. They had to play Michigan's run, and then they just they threw a couple balls over their head. They did some things. But uh, they're, they're, they're going to be a formidable opponent. They're going to hope for a low-scoring game as best they can because they, can, they can't score points. They just struggle scoring points. So uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. It's uh, if they can make it a low scoring affair, which I just don't. I think they have a a problem matching. Well, Sam, how how low can you go? Okay, okay, how low can you go? My point is, is is you kept Michigan under twenty, you'd be doing a hell of a job. Right. What are the odds of without something ridiculous happening, Iowa scoring twenty? Right. You might want to take that to Vegas, okay? Because against Michigan's defense, I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Well, Kay said he's going to give them all the plays. He said, hey, every play I know and personnel, I'm going to give it all to them. You, should, you gonna, think that's something gonna, to be concerned about? They're going to need all that, Sam, to, to make the, a run at this. They're going to need all of that. They can, I'm sure they will. You know, and that's, and that's not that's not going to hell. NFL quarterbacks switch teams all the time, and they can tell them audibles and all that. And end of the day, that's that's way overrated. So I would I would lose any sleep. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, if you have questions for Al, get them in now. I'm going to start knocking them down for Gorgeous Borges. And I'll go back to the beginning. And can't uh, can't be. It thinks Trente will help the run game. I'm excited for his opportunity. I put that in because I know you're a huge Trente Jones I love guy. Trente. Yeah, well, again, I don't know the kid, but I've just watched him. And I think he's itching to play because when he gets in, he they ran a power play uh, in that, this game, Sam. Trente knocked the guy all the way past the center, okay? That's what he's capable of. He's got a big old butt that can move off the ball, and he's got some 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 explosion. And now he's got to be he's got to be uh, he's got to be assignment sound every single play and technique oriented, and I think he'll hold up just fine. Uh, I'm I'm excited uh, that he'll get that opportunity. So this is uh, kind of a follow up. James Humper. <laughs> James said, uh, "Al, could moving Carson Barnhart to guard actually help Michigan's O line down the road?" I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think with Car- Carson, he's never going to make an error. 
He's, he's, he is so assignment sound. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's been, uh, he's been able to swing into both positions. And with this situation at guard, you just don't have to deal with the, with the edge rushers. And that's where, where he's shown some vulnerability. Uh, you know, you got you get a bigger player in there, you know, you get three techniques and nose guards that are usually stout, but I think he'll handle that better than ha- if he has to play against a guy like chop Robinson, you know, or, or, or JT or one of those guys. I think they're a little, although, when he played tackle in this game, I, he didn't do too bad. And he, when he played last year in Ohio State, he didn't do too bad. So, you know, like he's a god-awful tackle. But but I think playing guard with Trent Day at tackle, if that's the way they go, which I think is probably the wise deal, I like it. I like it a lot, matter of fact. So this is a kind of a follow-up on that. I mean, it was just a catastrophic injury that, that Zach Zinner suffered. Great kid. Now, obviously, outstanding player, but even better kid, a, a captain. Uh, just an anchor for that team. First, the kind of season. What kind of season do you think Zach was having? Oh, Zach Center was playing very well this year. Okay, yeah. I think a quantum leap from a year ago. To be honest with you, and I, I, Zach Center's never been a bad player, but Zach Center, if you grade him week in and week out like I do, he is on the lower end of minuses. He does not get a lot anymore. He's a he's a very strong kid who can hold up in the middle against a stout three technique or nose. He moves well in the perimeter with all their with all their 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 G and and, and pin and pull stuff. He he will play in the NFL, and if he stays healthy, gets back healthy, which he will, and and stays healthy, he'll play there for a long time. But he was having a very good year. Yeah, he's a terrific athlete too. I mean, that that's a guy that you know. Yeah, he's, your got, he's got the measurables, right? He's got the yeah. measurables. What the pros are going to like. We just got to get him back back up and running again. Then that'll take a little time, but yeah, somebody's going to take him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, successful surgery. Uh, he tweeted about the other day. And, uh, you can tell. Yeah, any teammate goes down. It's a. It, it's going to hit the team. But him. That was gut wrenching. That was gut wrenching. And but what happened the next play, Sam? They scored a touchdown. They scored I don't a know touchdown. if that's got anything to do with it. But and it isn't worth losing Zach, even to score a touchdown. But uh, that had to impact some of the kids somehow, some way. Uh, the good therapist said, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't fight through, didn't attempt to chase Will down. He just stood there. So on the play, the RPO that Will jumped, I know you do offense, and we are going to oh, be no, talking to fans about it on, on defense. But this play, and by the way, folks, we got Will. He's going to be, uh, he's going to join us on this week's edition of Steady Dropping Dimes. So we'll have Will. Okay break this play down for you on tomorrow's episode of Steady Dropping Dime. So be sure to tune in for that. But Al, it was a great play. And a great call. Did you, so, so this is more coaching. So was this, was this more on Marvin or was this more the call? What did you see? It's on Marvin after the fact because he loafed. He didn't even chase down the guy that intercepted the ball. I think he was cut off on a slant and was going to catch a slant no matter what. Will was in perfect position. He sat at about five yards in a roll-up position. The safety blew over the top to help on Marvin. I think Will's job, and ask him, because I'd be curious to hear, he he was visually seeing the quarterback. So he was either in a trap technique or trap mentality, meaning he had the inside portion of the receiver, okay? It was a way to double-team Marvin Harrison and provide Michigan with an alley player if they ran the ball back that way. So what happened is, is uh, McCord had a stretch read on an RPO. 
he was reading the weak inside linebacker to see if he got flow. He put his he put his hands in in, in, in the back's gut and he started to sweep through the fake. He saw the linebacker run, pull the ball out, and then all of a sudden Will was jumped right in the middle of it. Okay, because he really, in essence, could turn over Marvin if he ran a fade or something. He could turn Marvin over to the safety who was blown over the top, and he threw the ball right to him. Now, all what's right. the concerns? Hold on one second. What's the concerns? The concerns are one. You have to read that will, come off that, and throw the ball and see that throwing lane. Now, the mistake is he didn't have the throwing lane, probably should have got off and just thrown it away. My question is this. How many times in practice at Ohio State did they show them, show him that look? Because I'm betting zero, okay? I don't know if it showed up in the three-by-one cut-up that they study. I don't know. But I think he got blindsided by the whole thing. I thought it was a great call by Jesse Metter. So you think it's akin to showing an offense, showing a defense a play they've never seen before. That's what Jesse Absolutely. mentioned. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many times did Mich- how many times did uh, Ohio State practice a halfback pass at a bunch formation? Now, understand something now. You can't practice everything, okay, as a coordinator. This is always an easy second guess because they'll all come back and say, oh, why'd you do that? That was really stupid, blah, blah, blah. You can't. You could practice 25 hours and still not practice everything. So there has to be some instincts and some visual reads that tell you don't do that. Don't come up on a halfback pass. Don't throw the ball when there's no throwing lane to the, lane to the slant. But McCord is, is, is not a real experienced quarterback. He's played, you know, 11 games. But he may have never seen that look before, Sam. I it may be, it may, he may have to go through that growing pain. So, so coach me. Al, I'm I'm no quarterback, but I'm trying to understand how if it was if this was a perfect call, essentially by Jesse Minter. I, I mean, McCord is just in no man's land because you you just said so it's an RPO. My movement key is the Willie Backer, but I'm that I'm looking at him to see where to go. Do I hand this football off or do I throw it? Now, right. what am I seeing? You're saying I think. He should have noticed by Will's the leverage of, of the corner pre-snap that I'm not going to have the lane. Could, could, could you see that? Well, my, my thinking would be more the safety because the safety is going to tell you if the corner's rolling up or not. And the safety started cheating towards the hash mark. Now we know the corner's rolling up. Now the only question is, is he rolling up inside in a trap look or is he rolling up outside in a base cover too? Now, it was man-to-man on the other side. So the possibility, it's probably he's rolling up inside. So what you got to say is the pre-snap tells me the safety's over the top. There's a possible roll-up. That doesn't mean I can't hit a slant. I got to get my eyes on that throwing lane after I've made the decision on the RPO. If the throwing lane's there, let it rip. But if the throwing lane's not there for whatever reason, if for, for whatever reason, throw the damn ball away. Now, another guy, a good RPO guy, a good RPO, I've seen this before, he'll pull the ball down and run where the wheel left. I've seen that now, but is McCord going to do that? No, no, he's not going to do that. But a runner sometimes will take advantage of the will running on the stretch if he doesn't have the RPO. RPOs, in essence, are really triple option reads if the quarterback's a running threat. I just don't think he is. I don't know if that explains it, Sam. I know, I, yes, it does explain. <laughs> yes, it does. See, but that's the kind of stuff you get when you come here, when you come with us. You get the key, right? You get the key. See, listen, listen, Al, Al, I shouldn't even do that. I shouldn't even give Al Board just this kind of credit. I mean, the guy has, 
His star in Ann Arbor has never been brighter. Do you understand that Al Gorgeous is more popular right now than he was after you won the Sugar Bowl? Same, because I don't call the plays anymore. I can say whatever I want to say. (laughs) Call two plays, and everybody hates your guts. (laughs) Call call 30,000, like I did in my career. 30,000, Sam. Do you you realize the disdain that all these fan bases have for me? (laughs) All right, this is a question you already kind of touched on, but Moose12 and oh, bye-bye OSU says, a lot of Iowa fans think Michigan fans are disrespecting their team and overlooking them. I'm not overlooking them, but I don't see Iowa's offense doing much with our defense. Your thoughts? Yeah, I just told you. I, I think it's going to be hard. Can Iowa beat Michigan? Sure they can, but they better keep the score low, and they better get some turnovers. So, no, don't over. Iowa is a well-coached football team, and uh, you better – Cross all your eyes, dot all, uh, cross all your T's, dot all your eyes, and play like you've been playing, and they'll, they'll win a game because I was not as good as Michigan. Iowa knows they're not as good as Michigan, but they got a little chip on their shoulder. You can see just from that comment, they'll come in ready to play, and 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 they would they cannot be underestimated. But you tell me anybody this year that Michigan's played that they've underestimated, and I guess you might be able to say uh, uh, Bowling Green. I guess I don't know, but. They just haven't been – they haven't done that, and I don't think it's going to happen in this game. These guys are on a mission, man. They got they got vision. They know what they want, and uh, I don't think – I just don't think that they're going to be complacent in this football game. So Nala wants to know, Sam and Al, first of all, go blue. Going to the Big Ten Championship. Nala, I hope to see you over at the uh, – oh, the Slippery Noodle. The Key Bank Countdown to Kickoff pregame show, 4-7. to seven. Hope to see you over there. We're going to have a great time. Anyone who's coming over, listen. Get there early. The line uh, starting about an hour before the game is around the corner to get in the bar. So uh, always a great time. And, hey, you never know who might show up to hang out. Last year it was uh, Jim McCarthy and J.J.'s dad and Donovan Edwards' dad came by and hung out during the show. So you never know who might who might drop by. But Nala wants to know, uh, Buckeyes are saying how close the game was. In my opinion, the score could have been much worse Michigan could have scored more TDs on some of their field goal drives. I would say this, Alan, the, they're fortunate that J.J. McCarthy wasn't 100%. That, to me, more than anything else, even more than Jim Harbaugh's absence, I think that is the biggest factor in the game being as close as it was, in my opinion. I think that's got something to do with it. I mean, it was a battle of heavyweights, Sam. I mean, you got two best teams in the conference playing each other. Six point difference again. Like that's better than what they've done in the last two years. They they cut it to only six point. They had a chance at the end to win if they threw one up, and, but it didn't turn out. And I think the best team won. I really do. And after watching the video, I'm almost certain of that. So uh, it is what it is. It happened how it happened. It's time to move on to the next step. So uh, moving on, Hasib Sadat says Al. I feel on that last drive, I, this is another time where I sort of leaned over to you as a coordinator and say, man, what are you thinking here, Al? Like, what would you do? Uh, I think you remember that. Said, uh, feel on that last drive when we got three points. Moore should have scored um, a, a couple of shots. He should have thrown us a couple of shots to get seven points. Your thoughts? Well, but remember now, okay, Ohio State got the ball with one minute left. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. God, I wish I no do. Time out. No time. No time. Out. Okay. Yeah. Well, now, now, now that triggers the whole thing. 
Okay. They got the ball with one minute. If they do what you're saying there, okay, and they miss it, add 40 seconds. You with me? Mm-hmm. Because now the clock stopped and it's not running anymore. Do it twice and miss it at 80 seconds. So my point is, is you got a you got an ass kicking defense, all right? Who's shown they can handle these guys. You got a chance to wind time off the clock uh, and reduce their odds of coming back to the minimal where they got to drive the ball the length of the field pretty much with one minute left and no timeouts. I say the strategy is pretty damn good. They ended up kicking a field goal and forcing them to need a touchdown to win. So now they don't just drive it down to the 30 yard line and kick a field goal and tie it, take it to overtime. They got to, you know, get the whole deal. I just like their odds. Strategically, tactically, I like their odds. It would have been really cool for him to pull that ball out, throw to a wide-open guy in a shot play and all that, and I would have been excited about it. But I don't think it was judicious at that point. All right, moving on. He said save data press box, by the way. I'm moving on to the next question, going to Mark T., how much do you think OSU got bailed out by Marvin Harrison Jr.? Not enough, obviously, but the only reason they even stayed in this game. What do you think, Al? Well, uh, he made a couple of phenomenal plays. He got matched in the slot, and he 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 made some miraculous catch on Will. But Will's coverage wasn't bad. These guys, this kid, this kid is the best I, best I've seen in years at contested catches. He's just good at it. I mean, he he reminds me when we had when I was in the USFL, we had Anthony Carter. And Anthony Carter was, if you threw it up, AC was coming down with it. It didn't matter where the defender was, he was coming down. Well, well, Harrison's got some of that same deal. Uh, he's uh, He caught another one, I believe, on their sideline. on a, It was almost like a back shoulder deal. They ran a little four verticals deal that created a big play there. And then I think he caught a naked bootleg uh, crossing route. And on that last play, I think they were trying to go to him on a dig. But uh, Harold, uh, I think it was Harold, wasn't it? Yeah. Harold uh, snuck through in the C, in the C gap. They didn't get him blocked, and he plowed McCord. I mean, there's yelling. I heard in the other, oh, he should have thrown it sooner. Yeah, right. You got to get your feet set to, and transfer through a dig, or, or you're, you're going to definitely throw an interception. And he never really got a chance to do that. He took one hitch and a quick hitch just to make sure it cleared, and boom, you know. It was just a matter of time. I mean, Michigan, they're, they're, uh, the games they run up front are elite. It was a T.E. stunt, and he came free. Yeah, like, they were just the opposite. Yeah, Michigan was just the opposite Ohio State defense. They were giving you all kinds of uh, movements with blitzes and movements without blitzes. And Ohio State was basically uh, rushing four guys with no movements. I think I had one T.T. the whole game. So, uh uh, just different, different mentality. But it, I tell you what, when you shake it up like they do, you do tend to get better pass rush. And I, boy, I tell you what, they just had a, a hell of a time blocking the inside too, because Mason Graham is a beast. Okay, he was raising hell with anything you put in front of him. He was obsessed. I mean, I, 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 man, a lot. I, you know, you don't, you got to watch a video, I guess, to put. But I, when I went back over with Ohio State offense i realized man he wasn't the only one playing like that but he was the most noticeable one all right next one sunny day says why does clatt not seem to understand that cornelius johnson can block a quarterback within five yards of the line of scrimmage to get himself open near the six minute mark in the fourth quarter i know what they're talking about this is another one that ohio state fans 
are bringing up. Um, it's the last drive. I believe it was a third down. You remember the the high heat he threw to CJ, and CJ has to go up. He has to go yeah, up top to yeah, get it. Yeah. Uh, so CJ drives off the off the line of scrimmage, and the and the DB grabs him, and so he has to break free of the grasp, and then he goes to catch the football. Well, Ohio State fans, and I guess Clat, I guess they were saying that this was a push off. So he's supposed who to initiated the contact that the official will allow you to use your hands. Cause both guys are handsy. There's no getting around that. Now you put your hands on me. I get to slap them off. You can't put them on me. You need to do nothing about it. Right now. If I literally shove you down and it's blatant or lean on you and push you away, that's a penalty. But hand fighting is not pass interference a long way from it. It is the nature of receiver and DB play. They're constantly touching each other. Okay. And, and as long as it doesn't become extreme and clear separation or grabbing at jerseys, all's fair in love and war. The dude grabbed, he grabbed Cornelius, he grabbed CJ. It's like, man, grasping at straws is what we see going on no, in Columbus no. right now. When the question, the answer is obvious. Why they seem so reluctant to see it is beyond me. It's your coach. It is your coach getting out coached every year. The last three years, your coach has gotten out coached. It just so happened to be a little less. It was less pronounced this year than the last couple of years, right? He he had a few advantages. He didn't have to go against the head coach. He didn't have to go against the healthy quarterback, right? He had these things kind of going for him. To help him. He didn't have the sign stealer guy to worry about. And so it was a little closer. So, uh, like I said on Twitter, I mean, spend another couple coaches, you know, and maybe he can win. Maybe he have a better chance of winning. We'll see. Uh, go back to the questions. Coach Borges, um, before the game, this is Jack Cooper Wasser. This is before the game, Al said that JT Tuimoluau was their best defensive end. I seem to recall that I haven't heard or seen him impact the game. How did our big boys up front do it? Not bad. No, not not bad. JT, now remember how he plays. He's not a great speed rusher. And I'd say if there's a if there's a flaw in uh, Ohio State's defense, although they've improved, I think, measurably, it's that they don't uh, uh, provide or uh, – they, they have a hell of a time getting a pass rush without pressure, okay? And if this, their style of play is such that, that they play kind of two-gap, you know, or not, yeah, not necessarily two-gap, but they're, they're rushing the edges, and there's not much movement up front, okay? So unless somebody else comes or you got a great speed rusher, which really, him or Sawyer are not great speed rushers, then it's hard to get pressure. Okay, it's hard to get pressure. So I think that's a point they probably have to address is find a way to get more pressure with their four man rush, because uh, uh, Michigan had didn't have trouble doing that where Ohio State, I think, did. All right. Back to the questions for Coach Borges. Time for a few more here. Um, This is so here's one for Ferris Khan. Al. Who's the better matchup? Oh, my man, that's Ferris Con right there, Sam. Yeah, who's the better matchup? Our offense versus their defense for the Rose Bowl. Washington, Florida State, or Oregon? 
Well, of the three of those, I think Oregon has the most potent offensive football team based on what I've seen. I think Washington's good, really good. But uh, I think Oregon's, and again, I ain't, I haven't seen the numbers. I'm kind of speaking out of turn here, but just my instincts, I think. Uh, but I'll say this. And Florida State lost their quarterback, didn't they? Right. Yeah, they did. So, yeah, I think. Uh, got banged up a little bit, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather face them than any of them. But just because of that, not because they're bad, but just because of that, I'd rather see their backup quarterback. But I know Oregon can be potent offensively, particularly when they play in their own stadium, which they're not going to play in their own stadium in that situation. And Washington has Penix. And Penix, good player, really good player. And has had, although of late, not quite as good. But we know what he's capable from watching him at Indiana, and now you know he's been at Washington with probably a better cast of characters around him. He's he's a he's formidable. Yeah. So I I think that um, man, they might have more explosive talent. I, I just Kalen DeBoer as a coach, I just think that he he is the tougher guy in terms of what he can throw. I think he's phenomenal. I think yeah, Kalen DeBoer is outstanding. So that. That would that would scare me from a uh, a tactical perspective, whereas talent. So one would be the tactical fear, the other one would be a talent fear. Uh, Oregon, I fear, has more talent. Uh, Washington, I fear, uh, from a technical standpoint, scheming standpoint. Uh, I think Kalen DeBoer is that dude. So that I, I think they both would be tough. I, I mean, yeah, they're both tough. I personally would rather see the guy that's tactical. <laughs> <laughs> if I get a vote in it, I'd rather match tactics than match mismatch, yeah. match mismatches. That's which I don't think Michigan's going to have, but that's just you know that's my yeah. general thing. Neither of those teams have seen a physical brand of football the likes of which they'll see from Michigan. Yeah, you know I always wonder how a team like that, Alan. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned and talking to coaches over the years is how married your offense, how married your defense is to your offense. Big time. I had no, con- no, no conception of that before I started talking to coaches to know. Big time, Sam. Big time. It matters. How you play on offense affects how your defense plays because that's who you practice against, and that's who you have to respond to in games. When you're constantly three and out, and the defense is back out there because maybe you want to go real fast, you know, and you've used up 40 seconds, that affects the defense, believe me, if that's how you play, all right? Now, I'm just – and in practice, it's huge because if they don't get hit in the mouth and practice some, and the first time they see physical plays in a game, forget about it. They are not going to be a physical defense. There's a reason, Michigan, because they do a great job of coaching the defense, and the offense does a great job of giving them that picture. All right, Mark Makowski says, does Al think Ohio State lost that game uh, by the QB or coaching or Michigan won it by being a little bit better all around and winning the last two possessions? Yes, to that question. <laughs> yes, to all, all the above. The, uh, I graded their quarterback. I think I had him with 11 minuses. Uh, I think he had five bad throws. He was a C-plus to B-minus game. It wasn't awful. It wasn't awful, and both of his interceptions were tough. I don't think he saw the look on the first one, and the second one he got hit. But uh, that hit, hits early in the game affected McCord. They did. He got hit early in the game a couple of times, and it affected him some because he was not transferring through every throw after a while that I noticed. So I think that had something to do with it. But just to understand, when you're facing a guy that does not pose a threat as a runner, and I'm not just talking about uh, – 
design runs, but improvisational runs like we see so often from our own quarterback, the quarterback has to be damn near perfect. Okay. He's got to be able to sit in that pocket, make decisions consistently, release the ball with pressure. Defense knows he does not pose a threat, so they will not, they'll be indiscriminate about containing him. So they will design all kinds of exotic movements and blitzes to get to him. He has got to be right. Where the other guy, there's margin for error. Some guy misses a block, some guy doesn't pass a twist, somebody misses a blitz pickup. All of a sudden, Superman jumps into a phone booth, jukes two guys, runs outside, runs for a first down or buys time to throw a touchdown pass. It's a completely different dynamic. Yeah, here's a here's one that I'm surprised uh, is just now coming. So let me go ahead and get to the get to the question. Michael Davis says, "Al, why does Michigan not use much play action passing? And they actually do. They just haven't a lot in the last couple." Weeks. Yeah, they just haven't. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, I, I I'm gonna just project this. I don't really know. They they threw three play passes in the game, a couple nakeds. So, I mean, if you call a count all that, it was about five times they, they actually went into someone's gut and pulled the ball out. But I think, I think, Michael, and I'm, again, this just projection, is, is because there has been some protection issues lately. I don't think, you know, play passing, you're taking your eye off downfield throws temporarily, okay? And that can be a little, little dicey for the quarterback sometimes, where he'll look at you and say, you know, God, can, can I throw a few more dropbacks where I can see the picture right now? And that might be why you're seeing that i can't guarantee that i don't really know it but the only reason i think that is because early in the year they were throwing plenty of play action passes this has been just this has been a development that's just happened of late yeah interesting thing uh marvin harrison after the game said he never saw the coverages that michigan was running uh you you named one the one that will jumped uh that probably was a defense that uh defensive call that Ohio State had seen, not from mm-hmm. Michigan anyway. So no doubt, yeah. To that, I think you take the man yeah. at his word on that. Mentor had more good calls than just that. He had he had some other ones that rose hell with him. You know, it was uh, he had a good game. He called a very good defensive game and put them in some predicaments that I'm sure I don't know if they practiced. They probably did, but they didn't practice them against Michigan. And some of the matchups matchups showed up. Yeah, before you came on, Al, I was talking about one of the best passes I've ever seen, but I, I think people want to hear from you on it. And I'm going to have actually ask you. I told people the question I was going to ask because Dan Mullen confused the hell out of me with his breakdown, uh, kind of saying the robber was at fault, that he took himself out of position to make a make an interception. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what is he robbing if he's just staring at the quarterback the whole time? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the robber's got to be aware of what's around him. He's got to, he's got to, he's, he can focus on the quarterback, but his periphery's got to tell him what's happening. Okay. And I think he did. I think he saw Roman coming into that, into that area and he held his ground, Sam. We watched the, the all 22. He stood there. Uh, JJ tried desperately to get him moved. You could see the wings go right on CJ on the, on the takeoff. He looked right. That guy didn't flinch. He didn't flinch. He, he stood there, and J.J.'s going, i got to get that in. <laughs> well, he felt Ladarius losing that end and just fronted out just a little bit, and the robber flinched. The robber flinched as soon as he did it. But he held his ground, held his ground, and all of a sudden he flinched a little bit, thinking maybe that he was going right, okay, with the front out, and he threw a ball at high RPM, Sam, 
I mean, it was spinning like, you know, there were like flames coming off the ball. You ever seen that before? He's high RPMs right between the guy chasing Roman, which I think was, uh, help me, Blake, is that his name? Uh, or who's, the, who's the right corner? I can't remember. Uh, Denzel Burke. Burke, Burke, number yeah. 10. Yeah. Right between Burke and the robber. And it, and it was like two pit she, ships passing in the night. L- literally what happened is the robber, who had temporarily taken his eyes off him to jump it, turned back, and the ball went right over his left shoulder. Uh-huh. Went right over his left shoulder, right into Roman's hands, who, yes, did score a touchdown. Uh, let me explain something to the people who were screaming that that's an interception or whatever, okay? They had, it, it, was rela- it was replayed, okay? They looked at it 100 times, okay? That's the line right there, Sam. See the line? Ball touches 199th of that line. You know what that is? A touchdown. Plays over. Touchdown. Plays over. So, so the touchdown plays over. You can rip the ball out. You can do that. You can do backflips. You can do whatever. It doesn't count. Once he is, he had possesses the football and touches 199th of the line, the play is over. Okay? So uh, let's be clear. That was a touchdown. And I don't want to hear it wasn't a touchdown because if you don't think it was, you're a whiner. Yeah, so he he his question, JD Paul Blarts, uh, he said, uh, was that JJ the Roman touchdown pass, lucky or an elite pass? I think you're saying it was an elite pass. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's here's the, here's the thing. You can tell me how you can throw that ball any better. Let me know because I and, I would. And, I want to say something else, Dan. Before you go, Roman having the presence to see that ball and catch it coming out of a lot of hands and bodies. That was impressive, too. And later on in the game, they ran a Y option or a slot option with uh, Loveland in, in the slot. He two-wayed, and there was a ball he threaded between two guys there. It wasn't quite as impressive, but it was close. Yeah, and listen, go back to the play and kind of watch it frame by frame. J.J. does not throw the ball until they, he moves that robber. And that robber, and he doesn't throw the ball until the robber looks up Roman. Correct. That's when he releases the football. The front, out, the front out was what moved the robber. It got, him away from from the robber. The end. it got him away from the end just slightly. And all front outs are, yeah, front outs, back outs, run ups, all kinds of improv moves for the quarterback within the confines of the pocket, right? They're not all dashes and reverse and spins. All this was a subtle improv move to relocate your launch point, either see the target better or buy a beat because of the rush to get the ball off. It was subtle. It was quick, but it did affect the robber. So he he moves the robber there, but Mullen might have a point. If he just stays looking at J.J. Probably couldn't have gotten probably, it. Probably, maybe, maybe he could have gotten it. Yeah, no, but he, J.J. He probably... sees him look up Roman. So you create the window. It might be like a a bathroom window, but he creates the window, and then he sees the DB look away. Okay, yeah. that's opportunity right there. Not an opportunity for every quarterback, but it's an opportunity no. for him. No, no, because if that ball is intercepted, you're going to say that was an ill-advised throw. That kid just happens to have the talent to make that throw and was willing to do so and found a way to get it there. So – you know, I promise you, you can you can say what you want and indiscriminate, lucky, whatever. I don't know, but if it keeps happening, Sam, 
ain't luck. It ain't luck. <laughs> Does he turn around and threw the ball? That, like I said, on the Y option, he's done it a couple times this year. He's made some throws. You're going, what the hell is that? Yeah, he's he, that dude. Difference, and, and we can kind of end it because we've gone kind of long here. I want to be able to get over to uh, to Vance Bedford on time. But Al, parting shots from from this game. A lot of questions about. Uh, Michigan, how good they are compared to the last couple of years, how good they are relative to the field. I happen to think Michigan is better than they were the last two seasons. And I think the field, uh, I think how Michigan relates to the field, I think Michigan's place in that contingent is more pronounced as well. I don't think Georgia is as good as they were uh, a couple of years ago. For, I think Georgia is as good as they were last year. We know Ohio State isn't as good as they were last year. I just think Michigan's better. The field is not as good. And I think it sets up for Michigan to to go out there and win a national championship. I, I, I would agree with that. I think what's happened, they're not as good a running team as they were a year ago, but they've compensated with other ways. J.J.'s a better quarterback. He knows how to play the position, and he can make up for those plays that maybe not, you know not uh, not a 250 yard rushing game with other ways to move the ball so they're still a good running team they're still they still force respectability when they run the football and that's all you need to win really you, as long as they don't see you as one dimensional they have to defend everything you do okay so uh, that's the only thing i'd say the defense they look pretty good to me. I mean, is it nobody manhandled their defense? It might be better than last year. I don't know, but it's it's around there, okay? Uh, they're kicking. That's a big thing too, Sam. Yeah, yeah. They're kicking. Because I didn't think there was any way that you could replace Moody and Robbins because they played great, okay? Well, they've done it. They've done it. So the kicking's very little, if any, drop-off. The passing game is, I think, more effective, again, although not gaudy numbers, because they don't play that way. They're not going to play that way. So don't look for 300-yard passing games. Look for a win. And the defense can rush the passer. They can cover. They can mix coverages. And they can play the run. What else do you want? Yeah, so this last one, I keep getting asked this question. It's, you got to ask Al. They want to know about Ryan Day's river dance before the game. Did you ever do that? You got to touch on the buck nuts pre-game dancing uh, with Al, please. Was that when he was blowing the whistle and doing all that? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Although, he ain't got much rhythm, man. Cool, I can I've dance seen you dance. Him. I've seen you dance. You I have promise you. I got some serious got, Yeah, hey, Al, you got rhythm. But I saw you at your wedding, got rhythm. I got more soul than I can control, Sam. <laughs> I'm only laughing because it's true. Like, hey, you would know Al. Al has some rhythm. I was like, I know, oh, but he looked Al okay. He, Sam, Sam, he looked a little stiff to me. Doing, I don't know, a man. Little stiff. Little stiff. Man. I don't know, man. <laughs> now man, I know I why know. the man is so uptight. It's that rod <laughs> he's walking around with. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, you I might want to have somebody else do that drill. I don't know what he was saying. Anyway, folks, always a fantastic time with you. A couple of things before we go. Listen, the Golden Limo Bus, the DG Bus Tour, you can get signed up right now. There are spots available leaving Ann Arbor the morning, uh, Saturday morning, 
Uh, they say a noon arrival in Indianapolis gives you plenty of time to enjoy, and, you know, the maize and blue ambiance, the maize and blue atmosphere. Yeah, there will be some Iowa fans, but I can't imagine. I mean, unless they just, you know, got to get away from Iowa City, which I suppose, you know, any reason, you know, to get out and about, uh, you, you, you would take it, right? Uh, but, yeah, this, this team, what did you say to me, Al? You you take the defense off the field and they still take three plays to score. Didn't you tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> was I not supposed to say that out loud, Al? Uh, I, I would let you use that. I don't want you to tell people anything. I don't want to piss in the Iowa people, all right? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, it's, it just happens to be true. Al, <laughs> now listen, they could get some things together. Maybe it could be a bad day defensively. Uh, but boy, they are on the struggle bus offensively. They are. And so a but lot they, would have to go wrong for, for Michigan to score at the rate of utility that they do, right? So yeah, um, I don't but know they, that you're going to have Iowa fans that are that confident in their offense. They they probably no, think their defense is going to score some points. But anybody who can win 10 games playing the way they play is to be respected because they've won a couple games. I don't know how they won them. But – the one common denominator in all of them was that their defense was stellar. Yeah, it is. And so you always respect that, right? And this team doesn't skip steps. I said that after the game. You know, I might be joking around about Iowa and fans might be that team in Michigan. They don't, it's, they're about business. They're absolutely about business. And that's why I'm confident that they'll win this game. But uh, back to what I was saying about the, the bus, the DG bus tour. Listen, if you want to get on the Golden Limo bus, then go get signed up, goldenlimo.com. The Devon bus is one bus. They actually have another bus that's going down, too. That's a, it doesn't have DG on it, so it's, it's a little cheap, right? Uh, but another bus going as well, so they offer you options. But the DG bus, if you want to get on that, he said he's going to take a grease board. He's going to be holding court. Go ahead and, and get signed up. Goes down day of, noon arrival, comes back that night after the game, and he said he's going to break down the game for you on the bus. He's going to give you inside intel. He's going to take pictures. He said if a woman wants to take him to Hawaii, they can, y'all can book that, and they can talk about that trip too. He did. I'm just telling you what the man said. <laughs> I, nothing surprises me. I, I don't know. He That's says stuff like that. Said. I don't know why he says stuff like that, but he says stuff like that. He does. Uh, go to limo.com. Go ahead and get signed up on the bus and, uh, for the rest of you who are maybe getting down on your own, be sure to stop by the Key Bank Countdown to Kickoff 4 until 7 over at the Slippery Noodles, just a couple of blocks from the stadium. We do the show from 4 to 7, then we walk over to the stadium. Uh, that's been our routine the last couple of years, so hope to see you there. Uh, until next time, folks, be, be on the lookout for uh, the film study, which will be riveting. It always is with Al Borch. Oh, and last thing, the Cyber Monday deal. Uh, when they said midnight, Tuesday, I mean, midnight, I mean, they said Tuesday midnight. I thought they meant 12 a.m. Tuesday. Well, they didn't. They meant Tuesday at 11.59. So point is, you got some extra time. If you didn't get the 75% off deal, you didn't take advantage of it with uh, recruiting heating up, with the transfer portal about to open up, some interesting things about to go on there, all the inside accurate intel you want over on the MichiganInsider.com. Go get signed up. I'll put all these links in the uh, in the comment section and in the description if you missed any of them. All right. Until next time, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the offense with Al Borges. Go blue. 
CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.